0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me
1: every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do the Dallas Cowboys have a backup quarterback battle? Going on right now in training camp. All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
2: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Locked on. Locked on. Cowboys.
1: Locked on. Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown today to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Moser. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. He's actually on a location in Oxnard, California, covering the Dallas Cowboys training camp. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
0: Doing well. Uh, you know, Nice to get a little break. Obviously, there's no practice today, so uh, uh, we're going to take a little break, but we'll be back at it tomorrow. So it's now time to kind of relax, like kind of go over the videos I've taken, try to get some, do some deep dive on what we've seen and uh, kind of ingest all of it. Because it, when you're there, it's like a fire hose is hitting you. We've oh, talked yeah. about it before. So it, it's nice to kind of take a second and try to let it absorb and then kind of sort through your thoughts after a while.
1: And this is a a good reminder that we recorded a post-practice podcast. That's a lot of (laughs) peace. Yesterday, it's on YouTube. It's in the live section. It's also in your podcast feed, so make sure you go check it out. Today, we're going to dive through some of Landon's notes from practice, including a potential quarterback battle for the Cowboys. Landon, let's dive into it. How do you think my guy, Will Greer, has looked so far in camp?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Cooper Rush potentially oh, no. taking Dak's job. But, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. No, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody in the stands the other day, and uh, you know, I thought that Greer had a really great uh training camp last year, too. Uh just really showed us a lot of different stuff. Um, uh, you know, it was pretty clear that Cooper Rush was the second best quarterback yeah. by the end of the by the end of the training camp. But it it that doesn't mean that Will Greer had a bad camp. And and that I I think that as far as uh, uh, third string quarterbacks that the Cowboys have had in camp before. I have to ask, like, is this the best QB room the Cowboys have had top to bottom since the you know Romo, Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott room? Because uh, it does really feel like you you go out there, you see Greer, even though he's working with the third team, you know he makes he executes the play as as they're supposed to. That's kind of the bare minimum. But what you also see him doing is creating you know, for the pocket, making a big play, throwing down the field, using his feet to open up lanes and then throw the football. Um, you know, there's something to Will Greer um, that I think that, you know, is is kind of, I guess, worth developing, worth holding on to and seeing if, like, you can kind of stabilize his floor and, or raise his floor a little bit. And then you might have a little bit something in a, in a kind of a savvy, uh, slightly athletic, you know, kind of mobile sure. backup, right? Uh, but it's it's been interesting to watch him out operate out here and 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 throw the football. I I, th- I felt like when you go into your third team, you know, in previous seasons, it starts to look really really ugly. It's and, a disaster, and it, it right? You're just
1: hoping you can complete practice.
0: And and and, and this and these last two years, it has not been that. All those guys are all getting really great reps because Greer is able to get in there and, and execute at a high level. Do they even have a fourth quarterback on the roster right now? <laughs> you know, it's funny because th- that's funny you mentioned that because they were with the, the, the rosters that they hand out like physically uh, mm-hmm. on the day of at, at camp uh, included Garrett Gilbert, who I'm pretty sure got cut like, you know, uh, several ago. months ago. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think they have a fourth quarterback. I haven't seen one out here. Yeah, there's I, really no. The rosters are quite unreliable, as as that as I've yeah. just as shown. But, uh, no, I don't think that I've seen a fourth quarterback
1: out here. So – to answer your question, I think the best quarterback they, room they've had recently was probably 2020. That's the one they had, Dak and Andy Dalton. and I think. Oh, Andy that's Lucia true. That's a good one as well. But yeah. this is probably the best third quarterback they've had in a long time, right? And yeah. what I'm curious to see, because last year, you're right, Booker had a really good training camp, but he did not perform particularly well in the preseason. And I get it's It's the preseason. It doesn't matter all that much. Practices matter more than the preseason does. But I do think you want to see it translate. Like You want to see sure. him have good practices and then have it translate to the preseason. And maybe that would give the Cowboys some thoughts of, hey, maybe if something were to happen for to Dak long-term, like he's going to miss six or eight games, that's when we go with Will Greer. But if it's in-game stuff and we just need to get through a quarter, maybe it's Cooper Rush. All of that to say – I'm just really excited to watch Will Greer play in the preseason. That's all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just a fun guy to talk about, and he's a fun player to watch. And, you know, we don't, we're probably not going to talk about him a ton. So I just thought it was worth mentioning here that he's had a really good camp. He had a really good camp. I thought last year, Uh, it'd be nice to see him parlay it into something.
1: And and it's not uncommon to see some of these day two and day three quarterbacks take a while to kind of hit their ceiling. I, I think a perfect example is like Case Keenum who yep. bounced around the league a bunch was with the Texans failed there I mean was with Cleveland I think multiple times and then he took the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC championship game I'm not saying that's going to happen with Will Greer but I won't be surprised if are, are we going into year 5 year 6 from now if all of a sudden this is the best football that he's ever played
0: how different is his career than Nick Foles you know like in a sense that like he's a guy that came in kind of unheralded unher- was an incredible high school player uh, and and had a, a, a good college career. Uh, yeah, sometimes these some guys just take a little bit longer than others. And I'm not—that's not saying that Will Grier is going to develop into a starting no, quarterback no, no, no. or a quarterback who wins a Super Bowl or anything. No. But I, I think that there is there is you know, uh, just like in other positions, there are guys that kind of take a little bit longer to develop and 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 can kind of raise their floor to a point where their uh, their immense upside finally is is worth it to put on the field.
1: I would also mention with the new rule changes this year, where you can yeah. have three quarterbacks active every single week it makes even more sense to carry somebody like will greer assuming that you deem him you know good enough to make the roster it seems like so far that's where we're at i have to ask about cooper rush just really quickly yeah um i mean he's been i know this is a new system but he's been with his team for a long time working under Dak. how do you think he's looked so far
0: i think he's looked great i mean he he he, uh had had a couple of really good throws in practice the other day. He's moving around a little bit. He, I, I think he even had a running touchdown. I I'm did see that. I saw the rushing touchdown yeah. right up the middle. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, it was a situation where, uh, you know, the, the, the blitz had come and had been taken care of and everything was basically behind him and everything was in cover with everything in front of him was covered. So it was like, he had no choice at that point. I think that's, the kind of situations you want to see Cooper Rush running the football is where he has no choice. But yeah, I think he's moved around well. He's operated the offense well. It's it's not like you've been out here seeing him missing throws. He's he's run the offense like he's Cooper Rush running the Cowboys offense. I don't think it doesn't seem like he's noticed much change, to be honest.
1: The quarterback position is just one of the ones that I feel even better about now than I did at this time last year because Cooper Rush has way more experience, way more big game experience, right? Playing a Monday night football game on the road against the Giants and playing well. I it just feels like the floor even if you happen to have you need your backup quarterback is just so much higher than it's been at least in recent years.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, look, it was Cooper Rush was an absolute unknown when when he yeah. came in 2 years ago. Uh and then suddenly now we you've kind of seen him come in multiple times at this point and felt like uh yeah that he's able to not only operate Completed. but at times thrive. Yeah, yeah. in in the offense. So uh, I, I think that's – it's at least gotten to the point where you're not feeling like you're kind of having to keep an eye on the, the backup quarterback market. Oh, yeah. You well, feel no. really, really comfortable with the guy you got. You feel like you maybe have one of the best backup quarterback situations in the league.
1: The reason I know that is because we haven't got a single question this offseason like, yeah. hey, do the yeah, Cowboys right. look
0: at trying to sign this guy or trade
1: for this guy? seems like everybody feels pretty good about where the Cowboys stand with their backup quarterbacks. Len, I want to talk about some more under-the-radar players that we just haven't covered yet during practice next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That is up to $200. That's right. All you have to do is bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That is $200 that you can spend on betting from anything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. What's better than that? I know I use FanDuel all the time when it comes to the NFL, making NFL futures bets, betting on games. It's absolutely fantastic. And there is no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, the official partner of Major League Baseball.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the On Cowboys podcast. dayers, we're not going to do a show after uh, – well, there's no practice day. So only one show today. Tomorrow, we're going to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure you guys uh, tune in for that. Landon, let's talk about some under-the-radar players uh, from practice that you see as soon as you unmute your mic. Uh, who stood out to you that we just haven't talked about yet?
0: Uh, That's right. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I I wrote all, all my notes last night as I was kind of going through everything and re-watching video. I woke up this morning kind of re-looking at my notes, scanning Twitter, and i starting to see that other people are starting to pick up on some of I, – I think they other folks are going through their video, right, for practice and starting to see. And, and one of the names I saw pop up this morning for the first time that I, I had commented that I can't believe hadn't gotten a little bit more looks – and, and really, to be credited, John Oning was the guy who kept on pointing this out to me, was that Oso Digizu was having a very nice camp so far. Yeah. We haven't really talked about him or, or pointed it out. And, and I don't know that he qualifies as flying under the radar. He's your starting three technique. But uh, I, I do think that what you, what I've seen from him is that every time I've seen him take a rep, he's flashed. He's shown you something. He's getting through the line quickly. He's, he's being disruptive in the run and in the pass game. Um, They've they've been using him in a lot of different ways too. I saw a really interesting formation where they had him and Demarcus Lawrence as the defensive ends and that is it on the defensive line. And Micah Parsons playing like a linebacker spinner role where he kind of at the snap looped around one side and then they did like this kind of crazy pirate stunt. But anyways, uh, Zua was able to beat Tyron Smith by himself, uh, and and kind of get around and 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 cause some disruption. I just think that you know we, we're we're very focused on Mozzie Smith. Obviously, the pass rushers on the outside are, are the headliners for this team in a lot of ways, um, and it's really easy to kind of overlook a guy that has been. Th- uh, you know, at one point when he came in, the only reliable defensive tackle on this team, that at, at true defensive tackle, at two hundred eighty-one
1: uh, pounds, right?
0: Yeah, and and what he's developed now into is a guy that, I mean, I think he's he's on 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 the verge of a Pro Bowl type season. It, really? it, it seems like you know, just based on where he was last year and and, and the step he may it, it it appears he may be taking. Uh, I, I think he's probably ready to be in that conversation a little bit more. And, and there's a lot of great three techniques, so maybe that's not quite there. But I do think that that he is ready to take at least a, a, a significant step from where he was last year.
1: Yeah, as uh, we are the number one fans of Oso Digizua. so that yeah. would be great for our brand if that yeah, happens. Yeah. But not surprised. It's also it's really hard to watch the interior defensive line, yeah. like an 11 on when you're on the sideline view, and it's just because it, – there's a lot of stuff happening in there, so I think that can get lost, and I know a lot of people as they're watching practice like to focus on the ball and where the ball is going, but I'm glad to hear that is having a, a great camp. I want to talk about somebody on the other side of the ball, Awesome Richards, the Cowboys' day yeah. three tackle guard prospect. I know that you were a little impressed by what you saw yesterday.
0: Yeah, he was one of the guys that, you know, when I went back and rewatched, and uh, you know, I unfortunately kind of have been prioritizing a little bit more of the first and second uh, team kind of uh, reps as far as videoing them and then coming back. But I did notice that of the third team reps that I had gotten on there, it just – you notice Awesome Richards. He he moves incredibly well. He, he, uh, uh, he just has a really great – uh, athleticism to him. Uh, he has some pretty good power. It, it doesn't look perfect yet. And, and, and he is playing guard, I think, for, I don't know how much guard he's played in his, in his career, uh, so far. I, I don't think it was much at, at, at North Carolina. So, uh, I, I think that, I, I, I think that, you know, for what we've seen is a guy that, uh, you know, looks comfortable getting to the second level, looks comfortable sealing guys off. I saw several different plays where he was able to execute a reach block, get around and completely seal off and turn the, and, and, and end up blocking two or three guys on a nice run play. Uh, he just recovers well. He, he looks for work. Well, he has great awareness. You know, there's definitely multiple times when it feels like they're trying to execute stunts or twists on his side and he's able to push a guy inside and then see a free runner looping around and make the adjustment and, and get his hands on it. And again, is the technique perfect? It's not teaching tape. Absolutely not. But the fact that he is doing this and, and uh, you know, many of offensive line coaches will tell you, it doesn't always have to look perfect as long as you're getting the job done. And yeah. then we'll work on making it look better or is it making it feel more and more comfortable for you. I think that's where Richards is right now is that he's, he's doing it despite imperfect technique, which, you know, to me shows that once you kind of improve that technique, he, he's going to get even better. I, I think he's, you know Right now he's taking th- reps with the third team. I think it's time to start giving him you know, reps with, with the second team and maybe even throwing him with some first-team reps just to see what you've got in this guy because yeah. uh, you know, comparing him to TJ Bass or some of these other folks that we've seen at guard, I would say he's every bit as good as, as those guys. It's time for him to at least get the kind of competition that those guys are getting the chance
1: to. Do, to see. I'm assuming you just think he's a guard in the NFL. Like, there's, He's just not going to play tackle.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I, he's his athleticism is such that I, I could see him play tackle. I, what I, what I'm not a hundred percent sure on, just because we, we haven't seen enough pad practices yet, is where his strength level is at. Because that, one thing that was that, kind
1: of the knock on him, right?
0: Yeah. One thing I, I I've seen he's able to move bodies and and like he's able to block folks, and and that's that's not so much a problem. But what, where there are issues, I think is sustaining blocks you know keeping on blocks it feels like there were times he was falling off of them so yep. uh and mostly on the second level mostly when he's trying to take on a linebacker and he's got somebody that's like you know even more athletic than he is it, it, that's where he's he's struggled i think he, he stops his feet and so if that if that may just be a technique thing I, i'm not sure but there are some questions to still be answered about his strength and, and how that functional is, how functional it is uh, once he kind of gets to the, you know, second and first team reps.
1: Now I want to ask you about another offensive lineman, and we actually we didn't even talk about this pre-show, but but Matt go I I saw yes. some of the the videos that you've cut up. Um, what have you seen from him in practice?
0: It's been very up and down, you know. Uh, uh, but I mean, I also think that Woleksko is having a uh, a pretty serious, you know, uh, throw it to the fire moment. You know, I mean, well, they're making basically... him play guard, right? No, he's playing a ton of tackle. Oh, is he? Okay, good. I haven't seen him play much guard, and and and. Uh, but I mean, he's playing tackle against Parsons. He's playing tackle against that's DeMarcus a rough Lawrence. assignment. It's a rough assignment, you know. I mean, especially with Steele and and uh, and Tyron Smith basically not working into a lot of the kind of team practice stuff uh they basically have well let's go uh and uh Ch- Doga is playing the starting tackle so they've had very tough assignments and 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 it, so it's been very up and down but i think you know that's good for well let's go he needs to see those kind of guys and, and you, have, you have to remember you know he got hurt during training camp yeah. last year so he didn't get a ton of reps last year so this is a pretty serious you know step up a level of competition that he's faced in pads in in, in quite a long time so he is, uh, is one of the guys – like I would
1: love to see Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff saying, you're playing right tackle this entire preseason game. Like just get ready. You're going to play the entire game because I think he needs the reps. And it probably will help not to play Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. But yeah. I, I just want to see it like an extended amount of snaps so they can get it on tape yeah. and go back and break it down. And we'll see the next week how much better he gets.
0: Yeah, and I I do anticipate he's going to be a guy who will play a ton in these preseason games, and and I and honestly, like I I, I we've talked about how he got some OTA reps uh, at guard, uh, but I have not seen really any reps at guard Which, from what they, I've seen. So they've got more
1: they've got more options at guard yeah. with, uh, I mean, obviously Zach Martin's not there right now, but Chuma Doga, Matt Farniak. T.J. Bass, who you mentioned, Austin Richards. like Ball, they have basically playing only guard at this point. Right. They, they've got options. I want to – if Matt Walesko well, makes it in the NFL, it's not going to be as a guard. No. Like He's going to have to be a tackle. So that's, that's – I want to see him play, there. Last name before we move on. Peyton Hendershot. He got a lot of run yeah. in the red zone. What were your thoughts there?
0: I, I think he's that I think he's going to get a lot of run in the red zone. <laughs> I think I, right. I think that, that's that. that's what my takeaway was is that it 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 seemed that they were specifically targeting him uh uh running plays to 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 get him look specifically uh and he clearly is uh the that's I think where his skill set lies, right? As a sure. as a big guy target who can if he needs to elevate above the rim, can get the ball uh is good at blocking out uh uh other defenders and catching the the football when there's a when there's tight coverage uh I just feel like that that's really gonna be where he uh is is gonna have a lot of a success and a lot of looks because that's you know he has that kind of skill set in a way that you know maybe uh ferguson doesn't quite and, and it, we'll see when schooner gets back because i think you know he's he's a he's a big target too so I imagine he would get some red zone looks as well but i i think right now they're kind of targeting Hinder uh, uh, shot is sort of, you know, the, you, what you saw him do is kind of in a detached slot situation. Yeah, yep. And then kind of running like not quite an option route, but like a stop route or something and just get in deck, just putting the ball right on him. So he got good uh, ball skills. Even in such such
1: against Jacksonville last year, was it was like a kind of a fade to the back of the end zone. He made a great play on a back shoulder to catch it. I think that's his strength is playing yep. the ball in the air. All right, so I agree with you. I would not be surprised at all to see the Cowboys look for him a lot when they get inside the 10. 5-yard line. I want to talk about some X and O stuff that you saw at practice next.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So, Elena, one of the big takeaways that you had from the last two practices is that the Cowboys are using a lot of motion. Can you explain what's going on there?
0: Yeah, I mean I think what's what's the 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 big difference to me is you know this team has used motion obviously previously and <laughs> I have even famously charted the uh, training camp motion and mm-hmm. shifts uh, before. Uh but it feels like the difference is is that you know they are still continuing to use motion but it seems to be more purposeful. You know more kind of uh motioning guys across the formation and then using the uh, the slight advantage of of the motion action of that gives you know, creates just a bit of leverage on the defender who's trying to follow you, uh, and then and then at the snap having that guy go out uh, in route and using that you know just extra step to get the ball to them quickly and and, and get a field or you know motioning a guy uh, to kind of move a defender out of the way and then and then running to that side of the field. It feels like at times previously, and and, and it's not that this is, was never done with the Cowboys before, but it feels like previously they were doing a lot of motion simply to kind of help identify coverages right like simply to just, man or zone right man right. or zone and 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 whether the motion guy may or may not have anything to do with the play but now it seems like they're using it in creative ways they're motioning smaller guys across a formation and snapping the ball behind the line of scrimmage so you lose someone like uh uh you know turpin, turpin yeah, right. yeah as he's going he across the formation and, and even if you don't give him the ball it's that moment of panic that the, that the linebacker's eyes have to have when you see Suddenly, you lost Turpin as he's going across the formation. Mm-hmm. Is he, when he pops out to the side? Does he have the ball? Who has the ball? You know, and so stuff like that. You're seeing a little bit more orbital motion stuff, uh, uh, you know, with Turpin, you know, coming across the formation and then r- rotating back around the shotgun quarterback and going back the other direction. We saw that in conjunction with the kind of a speed option thing, but we've also seen it in other uh, kind of pass play stuff. And then the other thing that I think that's really even uh, is, is, is a much stronger development as far as moving a, uh, towards something that we weren't before uh there seems to be a lot more bunch formations and a lot more kind of condensed formations and then and then at the snap you know spreading out from those condensed formations and that's very much a a, a shanahan type thing uh, you see that a lot in those kind of offenses where they get a three-by-one set or something, and you've got all three guys bunched right off the tackle. Uh, And then, you know, it just creates a lot of natural rubs, a lot of routes. Free free releases. Yep, free releases. Uh, Opportunities for uh, last-second motion, like we just said, to get guys uh, to kind of just change the shape of the defense right at the snaps and really kind Mm -hmm. of test the defense's communication. So uh, these are all things that uh, are part of the offense, have been in the offense. These formations exist. In the offense, right? Have always it's just using uh, more of them, using it more, right? It's just about using it more and and understanding the principles behind why those things are good and then exploiting it more. So uh, that's really where we're going to see the differences in this in this offense. I think is again not so much a a wide change in the playbook, but just exploring different parts of the playbook uh, for for maybe different reasons than than we were presented before with.
1: Last question before we head out. We've been talking about this West Coast offense or Tex Coast offense as you trademarked it, right? Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb's a fantastic fit because he gets open all the time and he's great after the catch. Brandon Cooks is great after the catch. We've talked about this on the last couple of shows. I want to know about Michael Gallup. How do you think he's kind of transitioning into this offense?
0: Well, you're starting to see him kind of line up a little bit um, all over. You know, uh, he, he's, he's he's seen a little bit more in the slot. Uh, he, obviously, he's part of these condensed formations. You know, from what I've seen so far, it, it's uh, it's a lot of similar stuff with Gallup, to be honest, as far as where his catches are going, right? Like so, up the sideline, contested he's stuff, above the rim. Sure. Yeah, like in a lot of ways, he is that like kind of uh, vertical in the sense that he gets up, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and, and especially, you know, Above the rim, so uh I, I do think that you've seen them kind of deploy these guys uh, in ways that that is familiar to them. But I think you've also seen some changes in in and how they're doing it. And but for Gallup, it seems like it's still a lot of you know getting him back to where he was previously, right? And yeah. trying to establish that part of his game uh, as they work through the rest of it. I mean, it's for all these guys, it's a lot of slants crossers you know getting guys uh uh running to a spot interesting i mean they run some interesting angle routes like uh they ran uh, cd ran a route yesterday that was like almost like an inverse texas route right where instead of going out and then in he ran in and then straight out and it wasn't a corner route because he didn't go like in and then up and then out he went in and out like immediately. Hmm. Uh, So I I do think that they're trying to find different routes for these. You you saw uh, 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 Turpin run a whip route, you know, yesterday. Uh, So you see, they're they're definitely trying to, you know, see what routes these guys run well, and then trying to get them more opportunities to, to kind of have them run those routes inside of a larger concept. I'm trying to get the ball into their hands in space
1: where they can make place after the catch to make the job easier for Dak, right? Like, Get yep. yourself in rhythm, get some yards, and then let's, let's keep going. We've talked about this all offseason. Getting Dak in rhythm is really the number one goal of Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff this offseason. If they can do that, they're going to be just fine. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making On Cowboys your first listen every day. On tomorrow's show, we're going to answer your Twitter questions in the morning before practice, so make sure that you send them in. Later on in the evening at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m., Uh, p.m. Eastern time we're going to do a live show recapping practice so make sure you tune in for that it's going to be on YouTube be on the lookout we'll both tweet out the link so you won't miss it Uh, make sure that you're subscribing to our show on YouTube Locked on Cowboys we are free and available on all platforms follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier we'll
2: see you next time Hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music